Happy Friday, everyone. I hope everyone is having a blessed day. Uh, welcome back to Crossing the Jordan. Before I go into the the Eucharist, which I will be doing the next episode, hopefully probably tomorrow, I just wanted to share a few other uh, details that I have um, previously learned about, more about Mary in Scripture that I wanted to share with you guys that I don't think I covered um, during my series on Mary. So let's dive right into it. So if you hop into Luke 1, and this is where we saw the typology being fulfilled of Ark, the Ark of the Old Covenant as Mary as the Ark of the New Covenant. And Luke, when she is traveling from the hill country of Judea um, to visit her cousin Elizabeth, John the Baptist sleeps in her womb, uh, and she stays there three months. All is a um, fulfillment of the Ark of the Old Covenant, which did the same thing when David went to the hill country of Judea with the Ark. He danced in front of the Ark. How is it that the mother? How is it that the Ark of my Lord shall come? Elizabeth says the same thing to Mary. How is it that the mother of my Lord shall come to me? And uh, um, so, yeah, we see that fulfillment there. But <laughs> there's another detail in there that is really powerful. So if you go to Luke 41, 141 and 42, you'll hear Elizabeth. Uh, Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit and she exclaimed with a loud cry, blessed are you among women. So this is right in the middle of Mary visiting Elizabeth. <clears throat> and so that detail, she one, she is filled with the Holy Spirit. So you see an impartation of the Holy Spirit that Mary had from her conception um, going on to Elizabeth. So now she's filled with the Holy Spirit. So she has this divine inspiration to say, blessed are you among women. And this is a, a very interesting detail because two other times that phrase pops up in scripture, blessed are you among women. And both times in the Old Testament, we're going to go to them. Both times you'll see a woman crushing the head of the enemy. And so this is going all the way back to that very first promise of God right after the fall of Adam and Eve. It says in Genesis 3.15 that I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed. Well, this is saying a fulfillment of Mary and her immaculate conception because the evil one is never going to touch her. Enmity between your seed, talking to the serpent or the evil one, and the woman. <clears throat> so that that's Mary. And then enmity between her seed, your seed and her seed. And who is her seed? She bore Jesus. <laughs> and uh, and so the evil one would never touch him. <clears throat> so directly, it's Jesus that is crushing the head of the skull, but Mary directly participates in that according to Genesis 3.15 and all the fulfillments of that. But also, blessed are you among women. So you see that in Judges. So if you go to Judges chapter five, you're gonna read a story about uh, Deborah, and the entire chapter is is titled The Song of Deborah. <clears throat> Sorry. But if you hop over to uh, towards the end of cha the chapter 5 in Judges, it's in uh, verse 24 where it says, Most blessed of women be Jael, the, the wife of Heber the Kenite, of tent-dwelling women most blessed. And if you skip all the way down, she's blessed because in verse 26 it says that she struck Sisera a blow. She crushed his, she crushed his head. She shattered and pierced his temple. And then if you go to Judith, Judith chapter 13, at the very end of it, and this is uh, Judith is returning to her people. Um, 
So in starting in verse 18, it says this, And Uzziah said to her, O daughter, you are blessed by the Most High God above all women on earth, and blessed be the Lord God who created the heavens and the earth, who has guided you to strike the head of the leader of our enemies. Your hope will never depart from the hearts of men, as we remember the power of God. May God grant this to be a perpetual honor to you, and may he visit you with blessings, because you did not spare your own life when our nation was brought low, but have in avenged our ruin, walking in the straight path before our God. And all the people said, so so be it, so be it. So be it is literally what amen means. Every single time we say amen, it says, so be it. We believe it. And so that whole thing, both in Judges and in Judith, is a direct direct foreshadowing direct foreshadowing of what we see with elizabeth saying to mary blessed are you among women because mary is the one that participates in that crushing of the skull right and this is so i just reading that whole thing too blessed by the most high god above all women and then uzziah says to judith that uh, may god grant this to be a perpetual honor to you so mary is honored precisely because god has chosen her to crush the head of our enemy. And so both in Judges and Judith, these were earthly battles, right? Crushing the heads of these enemies. But in the new covenant in Jesus, we fight a new battle spiritually. That's the evil one that has been the deceiver and the father of all lies from the very beginning. And so Mary holds that honor because her son, Jesus, that she gave birth to, crushes the head of the skull of the enemy. And this is also um, it says at the very bottom here that I just noticed that because you did not spare your own life when our nation was brought low. So that was in Judith again. And that reminds me exactly what uh, Mary was told in the temple. She said he w- she was told by Simeon in the, in the temple that uh, if you go to Luke chapter 2, verse beginning in verse 34, and Simeon blessed them and said to Mary his mother. So he blessed them, noting that it's Jesus and Mary and Joseph, but he turns directly to Mary, his mother, Jesus' mother, and says, Behold, this child is set for the fall and rising of many in Israel, and for a sign that is spoken against, and a sword will pierce through your own soul also, that the thoughts uh, that thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. So that reminds me of exactly what we just read in Judith, where uh, that she was willing to participate in order to redeem or save or defeat their people by defeating the enemy. And that's exactly what Mary does with her son, Jesus. She directly participates in his offering of sacrifice. And she is most directly uh, linked, even though she wasn't directly martyred on earth, she died a she died a natural death and then she was brought into heaven but she was so closely linked to jesus that she would participate her own soul would be pierced because of Jesus' heart being pierced on the cross and mary even just on a natural level any mother that loses a son nobody can ever fathom what they actually feel and then can you imagine what mary felt when her son, the son of God, God in the flesh, the Messiah of all of Israel and for the Gentiles, for the entire world was innocently, he was innocent and then he was condemned to death, was was scourged, was spit upon, was naked on the cross for all of us. And so she directly participated in that. So I just wanted to share that little detail. And then also, if you go throughout the gospel of John, you're going to Find a few times during the uh, passion narrative when Jesus is going to the cross and he's in front of Pilate that there's going to be times of 
the word behold being said. And also, the so the very first behold that you're going to see in John is right at the beginning when John the Baptist identifies Jesus as behold the Lamb of God. So every single time you, we see that in scripture, in, in the gospel of John, John is bringing out, highlighting that this is a fulfillment of a type of the Old Testament. So behold the Lamb of God. So John is identifying there's the Lamb of God that was promised to Abraham that when God said he was going to spare, that he was going to bring about the victory and that God is going to provide a lamb for the sacrifice when Abraham went out to sacrifice uh, um, Isaac when God asked him to go out to the wilderness and God stopped him and said that that he was going to provide a lamb, right? So, and then also he, Jesus is the lamb of the Passover, both the event and the meal that they still, that Jews still celebrate today is he is the lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. Behold, the lamb of God, John says. Uh, and then if you move uh, forward, there's instances where Pilate says, behold, the man. Well, the man, he is, John, the, the inspired author, John, is highlighting that Jesus is the fulfilled man of Adam. He is the new Adam. And then he says, behold your king. Well, this is a fulfillment of the Davidic king, right? But then there's another behold. And this is Jesus on the cross. He is dying, but also this is the most, this is the climax of everything in his sacrificial offering to the father here on earth is he is on the cross for our redemption. And yes, and yet he doesn't just sit there and say, everybody look at me, or he doesn't say anything. He actually does say a few things and every single one of them is powerful. The seven last sayings of God, of, of Jesus on the cross. And so one of those things is, woman, behold your son, and then behold your mother. So Jesus is identifying Mary to his own beloved disciple, which is all of us, at the cross of Jesus, where we're supposed to be with Mary, and he's, Jesus himself is telling us, behold the woman. This is the woman that is the fulfillment of Genesis 3.15. This is the woman that is the fulfillment of the Ark of the Covenant. This is the woman that is the fulfillment of the queen mother of the kingdom because he is the Davidic kingdom. He is the son of David and the son of David had King Solomon after that, right? So, And Solomon had the queen mother of the kingdom. And so she is the fulfillment of all of these things. And so Jesus himself on the cross is still pointing to the woman in front of him, his mother, because she is perfected. She is, Jesus is fully God and fully man, and Mary is only human. And yet she is the perfection of what God wants to do in us. And so Jesus says woman, but also that's not the first time we heard woman, right? We heard woman and we talked about it in the last episode when we talked about Mary, woman at the wedding of Cana. There she is again being referred to as woman by, by Jesus himself. This is the woman that is the promise of of God. And that was going to participate directly in the defeat of the enemy and the victory for God's people, the human race. So now knowing that the Gospel of John is bringing out all of these different aspects of typology, and he is the same author of Revelation. Now let's go to Revelation because he is the same one that had uh, this woman and the wedding of Cana and the woman at the cross, both said by Jesus, identified as the new Eve and, uh, and, and the ark and the queen of the kingdom, right? So when you go to the gospel, uh, Revelation, this is the same author, John, 
And and you're going to see there too, just like how there's this constant lamb reference in the Gospel of John, there's this constant lamb presence, the lamb as if slain in the book of Revelation. That's the heavenly liturgy. It's the heavenly worship. And there is Jesus, the lamb of God. But also in the Gospel of John, there's this woman. Then in Revelation, you see this woman. And you only see this woman after he says he sees the Ark of the Covenant. And so he sees as as God's ark and glory and heavy and heaven body and soul in Revelation 11:12 that she was the mother of all that give testimony to Jesus. So she is the mother of all Christians because she reversed the disobedience of Eve, right? So Jesus says that we have the light of life in him and yet Mary was clothed with the sun in Revelation. So she stood and she stood on the moon because she perfectly reflects the sun's light and God's creation. And she was crowned with 12 stars because she is the glory of God's people, Israel, and the hope and fulfillment of all creation and redemption in Jesus. This picture in Revelation shows her as the woman, the new Eve, the Ark of the Covenant, which was the centerpiece of all of Israel's history, beginning with Moses. And by the way, the the Ark of the Covenant at the Old Testament, the Israelites would never, ever say, well, it's just a box. It's just a creature. And that's why actually John, even in the first century, is still saying, I found the Ark of the Covenant. Every single Jewish Christian uh, reader or Jewish person would be like, where's the Ark? We got to get it back. And he identifies it as this woman that gave birth to the male child who's going to uh, rule the rule the nations, and that, which is Jesus. And so, uh, and so Mary is found that, and, she, and so she's not just another human or a creature because God willed it this way. And she's also identified as the queen mother, right? She's crowned with 12 stars and she is uh, the queen mother. That's the fulfillment of, the, of King Solomon's queen mother, the son of David. So because of Jesus, Mary is the sign of holiness and perfection that God wills for all human beings. And that is the same purpose that the Ark of the Covenant held for all of the Israelite history. And Mary is the woman. She is the Ark. She is the queen mother. And of course, she intercedes for her children. It'd be silly to think that Jesus on the cross looks at this woman and says, behold your mother. And then he's like, but don't have a relationship with her. Nope, he's calling us to be that beloved disciple holding on to Mary at the foot of the cross everywhere we go. And she is the perfection of what he wills for us. And it it should deepen our love for Mary, of course, but it should multiply and magnify our falling in love with Jesus because how profound he has his will for us that's already been fulfilled, that's already been experienced, and that's already been actualized in the life of Mary. And that's exactly what the Lord wants for us. So that is all that I wanted to share with you guys today. And hopefully we'll have many more episodes like this in the future too, because I don't mean to just, uh, I, I try to put a lot of information in all of our epi- all of my episodes. So it's a very uh, all-encompassing type thing, but we're always going to be learning because sacred scripture is the living, breathing word of God. And so as we continue learning more together, I'll try to share uh, even more with you guys here on this podcast as well. So I hope you enjoyed this. And I'm really looking forward to tomorrow's episode, getting started on talking about Jesus in the Eucharist, the, the source and summit of the entire Christian faith. So God bless you all. I'm praying for you. Thank you.